trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Dara Zygerman. Dara, who uses she, her pronouns, has been called an organizer, a simplifier, a declutterer, a minimalist, a life coach, and at times a nudge. She actually strives to be all of the above, supporting clients to develop both spaces and habits that reduce stuff and eases daily life. Her role is to work with clients to undo the complicated nature of their homes and lifestyles, helping them find greater peace and productivity. She crafts unique strategies for each client because there is no one-size-fits-all solution. She also incorporates components of sustainability, personal finance, minimalism, and mindfulness. Dara is also a TEDx speaker and educator in an effort to reach more with her message of simplicity. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you? I'm lovely. Thank you. What a what an intro. What a bio. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> and just like, just nonchalant. <laughs> just simply like nonchalant, like, oh, TEDx speaker, like, mm. <laughs> Well, you know, got to flaunt it, flaunt what you got. Absolutely. I'm like, wait, I didn't even know you were a TEDx. Listen, people, learn things about your friends, okay? They are fascinating (laughs) people doing fantastic things. I was trying to remember how we met because it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like three years. That math sounds right. Yeah. We met through Sweet Baby. Maybe four. What year is this? 20, yeah. Three, four years through Sweet Baby Angel JD. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think it was his birthday party. I think you are correct. When I believe Joey made pizza for everyone at that party. He made 77 <laughs> pizza pies. Very cool. Very delicious. Uh, Joey is the pizza extraordinaire, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, But I'm excited because we recently reconnected because we were talking about you growing your business and all that sort of stuff that I'm sure we'll get into today. Um, Mm -hmm. But also talking about like minimalism and organizing because I may not be a minimalist, but I'm a very organized person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Actually, I had a friend come over today. Um, They were using my apartment's um, like community space to do a photo shoot. And one of them asked mm-hmm. me for something. And I was like, oh, yeah, like it's in this part and it's here. She's like, you are so organized. Uh, 
I go, I yeah. need to know where everything in my house is at all times. So that's, that's a skill too, because some people are very organized, but it might take them a little bit of time to, they know that the item has a home, but it might take them time to find it. But when you can rattle off the instructions like that, that's another level. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel We're like I am. <laughs> organizing. Yeah. I feel like I, I am on the other level. So, but yeah, so like what got you into minimalist lifestyle, you know, organizing, making this part of your career, all, all the above? All the above. Well, I was definitely um, the, the person, the child that loved organizing from the get-go. And I, I describe it as just like the way my mind works. My mind has to organize things. It's, it's not some skill I grew. <laughs> it's like more of a compulsion, if you will. Um, but it really is the structure of my brain. And so it just applies that thinking to every situation, um, both material and otherwise. So I was always that person. And that was always um, not, it wasn't always something I realized was a skill. I just thought I was weird. But then when I started doing the, like organizing my friend's closet and helping other people with this problem, I realized that I actually could help people. And that was really exciting for me because it was a way of me as a very shy person too. Um, in somebody who felt a little odd, <laughs> um, for most of my life that I, I was able to contribute something that people found really valuable that I really enjoyed doing. Like it wasn't a chore for me, like it was for them. And that started the learning process of how other people think, um, versus maybe how I think and how I can, um, better articulate those lessons, um, to other, to other folks. Um, and that's, obviously has continued as my career has grown. Um, but th that's how I was as a young person. You know, when I graduated college, I literally took every last bit of item of items that I had uh, at my parents' house. I've since, I've never met anybody else who has done that. Most people are 40 and still have things at their parents' house. I did not because I was just very meticulous um, in that way. Um, but then, but prior to that, in college, I studied environmental science. I was environmentalist. I still am. And then I had a 12-year career in a in the nonprofit industry working on sustainability, which in, in my case was working at U.S. Green Building Council, where we focused on green buildings and neighborhoods. Even though we were the U.S. Green Building Council, this was a national, uh, excuse me, an international organization. So when you talk about scale, dealing with a lot of scale. And I realized when I was leaving that job that I wanted to not only start my own business, but I wanted it to really be a reflection of like being the change I wish to see in the world, that I had this skill that took me through my professional career, through college, through my personal relationships, did it a bit on the side as an organizer and wanted to create a business around that. Um, and in doing so, I'm also able to incorporate what I've learned about sustainability um, to help clients. And we'll probably talk a little bit about personal finance as well. Um, I just happened to have a dad who was a trained accountant who worked for the IRS. And I'm not going to say my other siblings took advantage of this fact as much as I did, but I grew an incredible interest in, in, in finances. So um, I was really primed, I think, for this uh, in a lot of ways, but uh, taking the plunge to start my own business was definitely one of the more risky things I've done. I have so many questions. First of all, 
a dad who's an accountant who works for the IRS is like if like a dream parent situation <laughs> as a person who owns a building I mean owns a business like uh. oh yeah the, the man has saved me a lot of money and I am dying to do a podcast with him oh yeah um where we just like dad da- I'm like the dad of, to a lot of my friends but he's my dad so he's more dad than me I guess and so I just want to do like he's just ridiculous it would be so funny if I did like a finance podcast with him um so maybe that'll be coming soon I need I need you to workshop that like things your dad didn't yeah. tell you or like money according to dad mm-hmm. or something like I would money I according- like I'm not yeah write that down I'm not <laughs> not like <laughs> yeah I'm taking that <laughs> finances terrify me but like being able to call people and be like hi I'm gonna talk through this because I'm like really scared about money I'm, like always super scared about money but I like I think if that existed of like my friend and their dad just talking like uh top tier so yeah yeah, yeah totally that just made me really it, excited mm-hmm. <laughs> make the podcast also- happening we're waiting I I definitely I'm working on him. Me and my mom are working on him. But it does speak to something that I found where that's, again, it's a comfort zone for me where it's not for others. And what I find, um, whether it's with finances or anything related to organization, people feel so, so much shame around that and they feel really bad. And I just want to be like, no, but you didn't have Bernie. (laughs) Like Bernie wasn't there telling you all of these things. Like he told me, like, this isn't your fault. Like this isn't um, something you were, you you should have known because if you didn't have the right influences, you don't know what you don't know. It's not just about educating yourself. You have to like know that you need to educate yourself about it. I had plenty of friends whose parents like existed on credit cards and they lived a very similar lifestyle to me, but they were just like, in debt. Um, and so that's what they learned. And they figured, you know, they grew up just fine. So they could do the same thing. I'm sorry, your dad's name is Bernie. I know. I, I figured I should have paused after that one. Bernie. He's yeah, Bernard, if you I want mean, to be more <laughs> I'm just obsessing. Uh, that but yes, you're absolutely right. Like he's, he's everything that you think he is, by the way. Whatever you're thinking now, you're right. <laughs> he, wears, he wears glasses is my first inclination I feel like he's definitely wearing a glasses sometimes he he has glasses he is obviously really poor vision um but he does wear contacts oh, some of the time as well excuse me but Bernie. Not, really so not so much anymore him and my mom actually have the same glasses which is weird they're like the couple that started looking like each other over mm-hmm. time. We could do a whole podcast about my parents. I would, would love delighted. nothing more, actually. <laughs> like, come back so we can talk about your sweet parents. Um, yeah. But I think about that, too. Like, my uncle, so my dad's younger brother, um, used mm-hmm. to be the state treasurer of Maryland, if I'm not remembering incorrectly. So, like, my dad and oh. his brother talk about finances all the time. It's just, like... I yell at them like no one taught me these things like they like kept me in the dark so like now it's been a really big conversation as I've become a grown-up <laughs> I'm 32 um mm-hmm. talking to both of them like of, like what I want my finances to look like they've been on me since like 25 to start a retirement plan I'm like I worked in nonprofit spaces there was no retirement plan I'm, I'm getting started late but I'm getting started okay <laughs> there's always time um but I think Definitely. that's like a big thing too of like especially like in families of color and like parent like families who grow up like lower income I'm always like it's never too late like once you get into a career that you feel like you can start saving anything I think is really important 
Yeah. I've talked to, uh, I've had a few people come to me or through conversations I had with them where their biggest breakthrough, I swear, was, and this might've happened with you as well, that they would be so focused on ways to save money that they forgot that the best way to have more money is to make more money. Like that was a mind blowing concept. Like, oh, I need to make more money and then I'll have more money. It's like, that is exactly how it works. There are a lot of things you could do to save and to not be wasteful and all of those things, but that will never result in you having more money than you're making. <laughs> so that's, you know, concepts like that can be really hard for people to grasp again, if they weren't, you know, exposed to those types of conversations. Yeah, I was watching something the other day that was like, if you've been working in a career, like if you've been in the career field for at least 10 years and you have a degree, there is no reason why you shouldn't be making at least like 60 to 65K after like 10 years of working. And I was looking and I was reading that. I was like, this is very much steeped in privilege, number one. So I'm like, oh, you have to be super educated or you have to like be in a in a job that affords you that like nonprofits like I not a nonprofit job, but I was just looking at jobs back mm-hmm. in the Northeast because I was telling you I'm kind of in the process of like moving back home. Um, and I think I I think mm-hmm. I told you one of the colleges I applied for is a D1 college and they were playing like 45 to 55 in the fundraising department. I was like, this is why it is so hard. Like they want to pay you nothing and then act like you should be grateful. And then I told people I was telling like this is the amount I need to feel to be comfortable enough to take this role and like oh we don't have any Mm -hmm. jobs at that offering level and I was like you're a d1 college like it was just so interesting to me of like Mm -hmm. you know we have to that cycle people talk about like you have to have experience to get a job but you can't get a job without experience and it's like that never-ending loop of like especially our generation I've now become a tiktok girl and by that I mean I just scroll tiktok when I can't sleep (laughs) which defeats the purpose of trying to go to sleep but um it was something Mm. about like financial safety or finance something around finances and it was it broke it down by generation of like boomers x millennials and z and essentially it was like the older you are the less financial stability you need so it was like the boomers need like seventy eight thousand a year to live on and then millennials need Mm -hmm. like one hundred and seventeen thousand. i'm like who's making and like, it's like mm-hmm. a millennial. Yeah, I guess we've been in the job field for a while, but even still, like, I, don't, I think I know like maybe 10 of my friends. They're, all, they're coders. Yeah. They're either like, lawyers or they're doctors they do or tech. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't think doctors, I, know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Right. I, was like, yeah. I don't know anyone who's clearing that that often every single year. Um, but like that, mm-hmm. just that sort of stuff, like we're never, are you telling me none of us are ever going to be financially stable? And then I go down a rabbit hole, like, no, you can be financially stable in other ways, but yeah. it's just like, absolutely. The world is on fire and I panic as a yeah. way of feeling control. Like I can control the things I panic about. <laughs> so <laughs> this is why no, I organize. Yeah. And things are, things are harder, but whether they're harder now than it is than they were for previous generations or not, you still do have some, you know, I like to talk a lot about the agency that we do have, right? There are a lot of circumstances, a lot that are out of our control, but what are the things that you do have control over? Um, And focusing more on those and realizing that 
if you have a plan that has a goal, the chances are or your chances get a lot better um, mm -hmm. in terms of being successful. And this is even true if you are doing well financially, because I have a friend who's a freelancer and she was, I mean, she was, she's been doing amazing the past few years, the COVID she's actually Not <laughs> she's <everyone>. like miles <laughs> ahead. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's like one of those, but she got to the point of like, she was taking on so many freelance jobs that by the end of last year, her entire nervous system was out of whack. Mm. It, it just like destroyed, but she didn't need to. She mm. was financially stable going into it. Um, so we need the goals even when we are making money and when we're not. Either way, we have to be clear on what we're making money for. Mm. Is it because we want to save up a ton of money and have that sitting in our savings account. So then in 10 years we can buy a house or retire or whatever it is. Um, do we want to spend a little bit more now to invest in our education um, and maybe even take out a loan for that because we think we're going to be able to uh, pay that off and, and, and benefit from the education later. I mean, it's, there are a lot of difficult calculations to make because you don't have control over everything. But what I find the most is people don't have a plan. Mm. They don't know why they're making money and then they don't know what to do with it when they have it, but they mm. like to spend it. Mm. That's a good point to, to sit on for a minute. Like what's the plan with your money? And if I can take this in a minimalism direction mm -hmm, mm -hmm, please <laughs> it's, it's it's the same thing with minimalism and everything in our home and our lifestyles we have to start with what our goals are what are our actual priorities what do we want to do what do we want our day-to-day -day look like what do we want our future to start looking like and i'm not talking about making five ten twenty year plans i actually don't plan very far in advance but with what we know, what what do we want? And then money, then stuff, then the things on our calendar, then the things on our to-do list are all meant to serve those goals and priorities and our values more than anything else. So there's always a disconnect between those things. Like, I just want to have more time to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, um, is that more or less important to you than going shopping all the time? Right. Yeah. Or is that more or less important to you than watching streaming services for 20 hours a week, which is not uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But we don't make those, we don't do those calculations. And part of it is because we're just not clear on what our, our goals are. And then we also have a whole slew of shoulds <laughs> that are up against that. Like all the shoulds we have with our finances, all the shoulds we have with our stuff, a lot of shoulds around owning um, property, a lot of shoulds around uh, where you're supposed to be in your career at a certain time. Um, I have a friend whose car got totaled and the insurance, he had really good insurance. The insurance gave him money to, he could have bought a new used or like a used car. Um, and he realized he didn't need a car. It cost him more 
to have a car than it mm. did to take an occasional car share and um, rent a car, you know, when he needed to. Mm-hmm. And, but it was kind of weird for him because he felt like you're supposed to have a car. Like you're less of a successful person if you don't have a car. Now I'm from the environmental community. Not mm-hmm. having a car is very cool with those folks, but with most other people, that's not considered, uh, you know, a, a, advantageous or um it definitely doesn't make you cool Mm. and luckily he was somebody who never follows the shoulds and he decided he could use the cash way more than he could use the car but how many people would have just bought the new car Mm -hmm. yeah i know that's definitely a thing i've been thinking about like i'm going home to connecticut in a couple weeks and i was like maybe i'll just like because i did this last year when i did my road trip and i was like maybe i'll just leave my car in connecticut and then like fly home because like I don't use my car in Austin that often like unless I'm like mm-hmm. right now I'm pet sitting for a friend but literally it's like she's around the corner um but I'm like I can okay. just drive and wait for a ride but anyway but that's definitely been a thing for me of like there's like Austin's definitely like a place where you need transportation but I'm also like would love to take our train if it was more reliable we'll love to take the bus if it mm-hmm. wasn't like a really terrible schedule like as a person who grew up take I took public yeah. transportation for a long time but that's also because I had like the system in place where I, I lived where I could but yeah. I think about that too of like as I get older I'm like okay like if I have children I'll eventually need a car but I'm also like but I don't like technically need a car right now mm-hmm. so it's definitely it definitely mm-hmm. as, a, as a person who's trying to be more green too as you were saying like yeah. But also then knowing that like me giving up my car is I'm not really the issue. It's the bigger companies, but I digress mm-hmm. for, for that, that conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. But you and I have talked about this too, of like the little ways to make changes too. Like I told you about like a little mm-hmm. composter that like literally makes compost for me. Like it like cooks it essentially. I'm so excited. I love my Lomi. That's not coolest. an ad, but I love Lomi <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, they they just made one for restaurants, like a larger trash can version. Oh, did they? Restaurants. Oh, that is really cool. They restaurants need it the most. I'm <laughs> so excited! Like, I need everyone <laughs> to have all of me. Um, I will put yeah. I'll put in the show notes because I'm obsessed. And again, not an ad. Just Thanks. literally, I bought it on my own of my own money. I just really love it. Mm-hmm. It's like as a person who cooks a lot but lives alone, mm-hmm. so I'm always like, I always have leftovers, and I hate throwing away food. It's yeah. like, okay, I feel better like making it into compost and like making it and like using it for plants or, you know, I give it to my friend Kelsey for her garden. So anyway, um, but then I also think about like the shoulds too of like you're saying like, you know, I've been having some conversations with my dad because he lives in the house that I grew up in when I was younger and he's, you know, we've been having the conversation like what he wants to do with the house as he gets older Um and so I'm always like, I never thought about buying a house. Like, I've always been like, I'm just going to live in apartments <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I was given a house, that's a different conversation. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to buy different. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to buy a house. Um, then, of course, my friend Noah, who was my first guest ever on the show, who's like a finance nerd, he was on finance mm-hmm. TikTok last night. And so we were <laughs> talking about, like, what it means when you give someone a house and, like, what goes into that versus, like, like literally like if your parents are alive and just like give you their house when you sell it like mm-hmm. you'll have to like pay all these things versus like god forbid when your parents die you can just like inherit mm-hmm. a house and, like what that financially looks like differently for you 
This is what being mm-hmm. a grown up is. It's just looking at finance TikTok at like 10 p.m. Because why not? Absolutely. Um, um, I highly encourage also checking with an accountant. Uh, listen, call <laughs> up Bernie. Got to see what Bernie says about this. Give, give Bernie some work, okay? Pay Bernie for his time mm-hmm. and efforts. Um, I feel like he's so busy. He's so busy doing the taxes of all the old ladies that live in the retirement community Mm. with him that I don't know if he. Sweet Bernie. I I, I feel like you know I'm always trying to give him extra jobs and he he does not need them. He's busy. He's busy saving the world for little old ladies Mm -hmm. in the community. Sweet Bernie, send him a basket. (laughs) Send send Bernie a a holiday basket. Um, yeah, he would love. We'll circle back. Um, but I also think about <laughs> like like you're talking about like how you turned minimalism and all that sort of stuff that you do now into a job. And I was just talking to a friend the other day because her sister's a teacher, and so she's like, "Would you come organize my sister's room?" I was like, "I would love nothing more." Like, uh, I have a friend who's yeah. about to have a baby. I'm like, "Do want to come organize the nursery for you?" Like all these things that I'm like really good at and like obviously i've watched the home edit on netflix because who hasn't Mm -hmm. monsters if you haven't no judgment but i feel like you're a monster i I haven't watched it monster Mm -hmm. (laughs) they organize houses and it's season one is better than season two if you ask me but i digress um -hmm. but i just love as a person who just loves organizing and having things in places and things just being super clean and easy to find like i was saying earlier we first started talking like being able to just be like this is here and this is where you can find it and like just the time it saves you and like that's like the new gift I want to give all my friends of like whenever you like buy a house I will gift you a room of organizing <laughs> because a lot of my that's friends just a, don't have the brain. Great Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's a great and it's also why I love minimalism too because you know, there's only so much organizing a person who doesn't like organizing will do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I know people I've met, I've had clients like this that actually have the sort of like brain set up to do good organizing. They just don't want to do it for a variety of reasons. So it's like the skill and the like willingness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The reason I like minimalism so much is because even if you're not somebody who's inclined to be super organized or tidy up all the time, if you at least get your home down to just the necessary parts and pieces you need to live your life and get rid of everything else, mm-hmm. then even if it is a bit scattered, um, you now have less stuff to sift through. And the process and the practice of minimalism um, reacquaints you with what you have. You essentially are doing an inventory by making these decisions of what to keep and what not to keep. Um, so you're like, oh, I know that I just saw that thing because I went through it and took it out of the the box it was in and full of dust. <laughs> so you're kind of unearthing things. And then, um, yeah, just going through that process is really eye-opening. So for me, it's less about how much stuff you end up with and more about going through the process. And again, definitely organizing. Organizing is super important. Everything needs a home. Um, there are a lot of strategies you can use to to organize in a way that is super functional and easy, um, but everyone has a different personality type. So this is a little side note, but a thing that I have found unexpectedly as an organizer is that I'll sometimes be hired by clients who've had organizers come in before me. Hmm. 
And so I'll see what the organizer did. And almost always what they did wasn't bad. Like I, like I could see what they did. It would be a great way of organizing for a certain type of person, but they probably had a, they had one system that they used but people are too different Mm -hmm. to only use one system Mm -hmm. for organizing. So that's what I learned is that it's less about how I would organize my space and it's how somebody interacts with their own space and how they view different items. And then you use their um, tendencies, uh, their, you know, the challenges that they have, the way they categorize things or use them differently. Um, and you kind of mix that together and organize mm-hmm. for them. And it's still organizing, it's still using those basic principles, but it's a little bit more uh, personalized. Definitely. Like, because I look, think about my very organized house of like, right now, like, I've watched a lot of shows like put everything by like color or everything by size. I'm like, no, put it by like functionality. Like if you go in my bathroom Thank right you. now, Thank yeah, you. like what's the function? Like I have like those yeah. thin drawers and like one is like first aid stuff. And another one is like my yeah. self-care bucket. And then another one's like hair stuff. I'm like, it might not like make sense to you, but I know where to find my stuff. Mm-hmm. and it might not Absolutely. like look the same or look pretty because it's right. not like all the same color all the same height I'm like but the functionality of like everything is in this bin I can direct you like I know it is the third shelf from the top the third like little drawer <laughs> in there like I know where stuff is and I you know when I talk to friends I'm like it's just like you're saying whatever works for you but then you mm-hmm. said about like the editing process if you will like I think this is why I love like I'm a monster and I love moving because I love packing. Yeah. I love packing because mm. I love the edit. Like I yeah. love going through things of like even being very organized. Like there's still like I have a closet behind me right now. We're recording of like office stuff that I haven't like I haven't gone through my office mm-hmm. stuff since I've like lived here for a year. I'm like, it's like a box sure. in there. There's like one or two things I haven't it's like a box of like I don't know what's in there anymore. Um, but when I move, I'm like uh, is this stuff I actually want to move to a new place? <laughs> and so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely yeah. do the both the spring and fall clean out every year, no matter where I'm living. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, I have to know what's in here. I need to know what to get rid of. I need to know, like, why do I have so many like reusable bags? I don't need them all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just the things we end up collecting because of, you know, how we live. And, you know, um, I have a friend who's lived in her house now with her husband like three years and she's like I want to organize she goes we have so much stuff in this house that we don't even use she goes they just fit in the house so it's just still here I'm like right it happens to all of us like we get more space Mm -hmm. or we spend with someone or we get a pet or we have kids and it's just like we're not outgrowing the space there's just too much stuff in the space right Um, and that's actually why I really get get to be a stickler about furniture because furniture also just makes it easier to put things in a space. Mm-hmm. And it's like the wonderful thing about space is that it gives you space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you have extra square footage, you could just like be in it. It's so wonderful. It's so open and airy and not overwhelming. But yeah, I think furniture is like the biggest attractor of stuff. So I try not to have it. Well that's like me in, in clothes. Like I grew up in the Northeast. Uh, I have some I have so many sweatshirts and I have so many like long pants. And it's cold in Texas like twice a twice a year. I'm like, no, but like, what if I move again? And I'm like, I don't want to buy all this stuff again. It's like, 
I've really organized my closet. My closet is organized by color because that's how my brain works. So like I need to go in and make, I know the shirt is in this color, um, but it's organized by color and then by length. So like, I know like, Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like in the summer, like I have shorter sleeve things and like, you know, further down the line will be like, oh, sweatshirt or long sleeved item. Um, but I also mm-hmm. used to be a very big like collector of t-shirts because I used to wear t-shirts to the gym. I don't anymore. I'm not a t-shirt girl anymore. My style has changed apparently. Um what do you wear now? I wear long sleeves when I work when I work out now. And I don't know, I don't know when that started, but here I am. I'm on I'm a long sleeved <laughs> because I work out inside so I don't like sweat to death anyway uh-huh. but yeah, yeah I've just gotten to be a long like either a long sleeve t-shirt or like um if it's like a matching set of like the legging and like the compression top match uh-huh. again not an ad for fabletics but I love them um so like their <laughs> sets um but now so like I was like okay this made this like really made me rethink I'm like okay I have a really large dresser that I love I love this dresser and I bought mm-hmm. it because it was like a good size like I got it on Facebook Marketplace because I b- refuse to buy new if I don't have to. And I'm very, I'm very oh, much gosh. like a, I am a furniture thrifter. Like I love for, looking for like home goods. On, yeah. Um, so it's like this really great dresser. That's like, I, if I end up being like being in partnership and having someone I end up with, this dresser will last us forever. And it's huge for both of us. Uh-huh. But right now I'm taking up all the drawers in this dresser and I don't need to be. <laughs> Ah. because it's all t-shirts I'm like if I go through and get rid of all these t-shirts I'd have so much more space so this is me Mm -hmm. saying it now to remind myself later (laughs) that I need to clean out the dresser um Mm -hmm. I just I just don't like there's I probably I have so many t-shirts that I can get rid of and like keep ones that have like sentimental value but the rest can like go and you know my friend Jenna yesterday posted in her stories like she organized her closet and it's just like Mm -hmm. Super tall, like stacks of sweatshirts. She goes, she goes yeah. no one better ever let me buy a sweatshirt again. And I was like, I will hold you to that. She's like, this is wow. my visual reminder to stop buying sweatshirts. Wow. Sweatshirts like, are tough too. They're, they're, they're thick. so bulky. Yeah. Very bulky. Yeah. Um, the, what you said about the closet was a really good point that color coordinating in a closet for clothing is a way of making things simpler when you want to retrieve clothes, because we often think in terms of color with clothes, Mm -hmm. but a thing that, and I I feel like I might offend some people here, but um, my thing, the color coordination often isn't the best organ simplification technique for certain things like bookshelves. I know it's so popular to color coordinate bookshelves, but I'm always like, I would, how would I remember what that random poetry books cover exactly. color was. And, and it doesn't mean it's wrong to do that, but I feel like it highlights the difference between organizing versus simplifying. Like a color-coded bookcase that looks like perfect and you have everything standing up the way it's supposed to, that's organized, but it's not simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but your clothing organization system is a simplification method because you're organizing based on how you actually remember your clothes and how to retrieve them. So I don't want to give color coordination a bad rap in totality, but I find that when people are very interested in like how things look, that comes up a lot or they buy a lot of organizing tools. And some of them are great. I mean, I couldn't live without them, but you can only have, you know, if you have too many baskets, um, you don't need them. 
<laughs> also, also, as you say that about the bookshelf, I like turn to look. I'm like, wait, is my color coordinated? My books? <laughs> I was like, but they're like the ones that you can like see the title still. So mm-hmm. like, like oh, when again, so, it's not wrong. Right, it just but, means it's like slightly less. Right. Yeah. To be fair, all of my books are paperback books. I'm not a hardcover girl because mm-hmm. I just I like to bend books when I read them just because I'm a monster Absolutely. um <laughs> apparently um but I think because like, there's a book I borrowed that has a black um it's a hardcover and it's black I'm like I would never know mm-hmm. that this title is anyway but time and place for everything with your organizing for sure like mm-hmm. I love like having friends who are like like my friend that same friend she's like I want to organize the tools in our kitchen drawers I want to organize our refrigerators and so talking Mm -hmm. so I was talking to her and her husband about like organizing spaces in their cabinets and she's gonna Mm -hmm. know I'm talking about her so I'm not gonna say her name but her husband is very much he has his own system of organizing and we're Mm -hmm. both in the what the hell are you talking about his Mm -hmm. system is spices that are green spicy oh my goodness opened And something else. And we're both like, no, like only you understand this system. This does not work for Amazing. everyone who comes over. So like, I'm like, I'm sorry. So if I come over and ask for cinnamon and he's like, oh, it's right here. I go, I would never find, like, I'd have to take out everything in this cabinet to try to find cinnamon. So I have mine organized, but they're in alphabetical order. Cause I'm like, okay, this makes sense for me. Um, but so she always laughs. She goes, I love him. But some days I just, I was like, I don't know how you... <laughs> how you deal like I could not that's amazing I can't imagine like a set of categories that include the color and whether or not it's opened as two separate categories or if it's spicy like how can you tell someone if something is spicy or not yeah do people have different but on the topic of spices my favorite and now this is a little tough because drawer space in kitchens can can sometimes be limited Mm -hmm. um but one you should never have a junk drawer that's a big, I, I could talk about junk drawers all day long. I, in fact, I have. Um, but the other thing is if you have, if you are able to use a drawer for spices, that's the best. And they even have, you don't even have to buy these, but they do have uh, spice organizers for a drawer itself. Or what I do is I literally just lay them flat that's and then you just open the drawer and you see all of them. But I find because I find when people put them in the cabinets, even if they have a sophisticated organizing system, it's just harder to see. Mm-hmm. It just is. That's me. The mine are, mine are laid, mine are laid flat in a drawer. Oh, you do that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. It's- You're the first person I've met who is aware of the the spice drawer. Yes, because why that's would so- it just makes sense? Like, why am I reaching 100%. up when I can just reach, like, look down, reach, pull it out? It's perfect. And they're, yeah. And the drawer can be very um, shallow and you mm-hmm. can still fit them in. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, man, we're just going to change people's lives today about organizing. <laughs> um, I also think about like, too, of like, I think a lot of people often think like you have to spend a lot of money to organize your mm-hmm. home. Like you were saying before mm-hmm. with the baskets. I know for me, like, one thing that I really learned, I have the home edit book. Of course I do, everybody. Um, but one thing I, I learned from them is like have just having um, hangers that are all the same color 
mm-hmm. and the same material. Like, so I think mm-hmm. so many of us, like when we're younger, like we have metal hangers, we have hangers that are velvet, we the have plastic, are, the yeah. plastic ones. Yeah. They're like, if you just get hangers that are all the same, like that alone, make sure like your mm-hmm. uh, closet look more organized. It's like, I know for me, like, I know people are going to be upset, but I have plastic hangers. I know everyone's a velvet hanger person these days. Um, but plastic, black plastic hangers worked for me. Um, and then I found yeah. black pants hangers. I have a lot of pants and leggings and skirts and such. So mm-hmm. like, I'm like all my, and the, the main thing is that everything is black and cohesive and they're all hung the same way. Like I said, like they're all facing the same way and the hanger goes the same way. Um, I'm like, and just mm-hmm. like simple things like that, like you can get. 20 hangers like two dollars at target like the things that like you don't have to spend a lot of money to get organized like the dollar stores are a great place to get bins if you want bins like if you want them a paint a lot of people are trying to get rid of this stuff too so you just right. like find one that's getting rid of it and you yeah. grab it plenty of tax <laughs> everyone's having a tax sale or garage sale these days like everyone's trying to like not add more mm-hmm. trash to the world um like mm-hmm. i said facebook marketplace uh offer up like all the places where people are like giving things oh. away or selling things huh and can I, can I give a shout out sure. to an awesome company that does resale it's called all hers yes and it's so great it's like the second I got on the site I was like oh this is craigslist but not scary <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like as a woman I can just go on here and not worry about a creep at all I can just make an arrangement with a person and it tends to be more curated items. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit nicer, it's a little easier to get from there and then it's still resale. Yeah. Um, so I like all hers, give them a shout out. But yeah. one of the other things I think about is, you know, if you're downsizing and trying to be a little, we call it minimalish. Your friend <laughs> minimalish. Okay. I have, a, I have a friend who's definitely not a minimalist, but she's like, if anything, moving in that direction. So she calls herself minimalish. And I think that's wonderful. We don't need everyone to be a minimalist, like just mm-hmm. kind of help help yourself and help the world um, bits at a time. But when you downsize, you also get to be the seller of these resale items. So if, if you take advantage of that, like let's say for the sake of argument, you do a big downsizing effort and um, you don't sell everything because sometimes that's a pain, but maybe you make $100, right? You sell one end table that you no longer need because it stores a bunch of junk and maybe like one other tech item. You made a hundred bucks. You can eat, don't go to, the, maybe, you know, don't go to the fanciest store, but you can definitely buy a few organizing containers for way less than a hundred dollars. You might even be able to buy something nice and new. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Although I will some- buy- I would say to take that money and go to a very nice Goodwill. Uh, well, you know what Bernie would say. Bernie would say, take Save that it. money, put it in a, in a high yield interest. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> I know we should be saving our money, Bernie, but if you have to go and spend it, um, one of my really good friends, she has like this really beautiful casserole dish. And I like, that's how you know I'm, I'm a grown up now. I'm obsessed with her casserole dish. Um, but I was like, where'd Wait, you get this from? Very grown up thing to very like. Very grown up. I mean, it was so nice. It was, it's such, Kelsey, you know, I'm not, it's like this like marigold, like deep, mm-hmm. uh, like has little handles on it. Perfect casserole dish. And I was like, I, she gave it to, she made me dinner one night and she like, just take the casserole dish and bring it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I almost didn't bring this dish back. I was like, where'd you get it from? She goes, 
oh, Goodwill. And I was like, (laughs) like, I was so upset. I was like, I I, like haven't even thought about like looking at Goodwill for a casserole dishes. Anyway, Mm. I'm just saying people, minimalism and sustainability can look like going to your local Goodwill for gently used items. Mm -hmm. And having been there when a lot of clients put things in the Goodwill bags, there's some good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like you have to search a little bit, but you know, people don't just put junk in their Goodwill bags. They put in really nice, just don't need anymore and they don't know what to do with them. So lots of good stuff. I like that. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. Now you mentioned minimal-ish, which I really love. I think that's the way I'm going to live my life is minimal-ish. But I realize we've been talking about this for a while. Can you tell people what minimalism is for those who maybe don't know? I would love to, um, because I feel like minimalism is one of those terms that unless you live in a space like I do, where it's all I think about, um, it might evoke the white walls and the clear countertops, those kind of spaces that really don't look lived in, and they have a very minimalist design aesthetic. Um, Minimalism is a type of design, like that's where the term stemmed from, but minimalism as it applies to our lives is talking about um, doing more with less. And it's not a dogma. It's not this defined thing. Like you can look at it and say, this is minimalism and this is not. It's more of a practice. Um, Not only is it similar to mindfulness in terms of it's the sort of awareness it brings, but it's similar in the sense that it's something you move toward. It's a practice. It's an experience. It's a way of thinking. Um, It's a way of being. Um, And so it doesn't require you to only have three, four. I actually was giving someone a tour of my apartment because I do little minimalist uh, apartment tours. They're surprisingly long. Um, But she was like, she wanted to see my utensil drawer to see how many utensils I had. And I have have a decent amount of utensils because I have people over and they need to use. Um, So it's not about a certain number of things or a certain square footage that you're living in, it's a framework for thinking. It, it it means that you're applying that framework or you're trying to, to every aspect of your life. And that framework includes things like being honest with yourself, being mindful, not succumbing to shoulds, thinking about what you really want and what you really need as it applies to your goals and your priorities and your values. And so minimalism doesn't look the same for everybody. Just like we're talking about organization doesn't look the same because we have different personalities. Well, we have different goals and priorities. So, you know, I'm not super into clothes. So my, I don't even have a dresser um, because I just don't have a lot of clothes. In fact, I wish I had more clothes. I just don't like shopping. (laughs) Um, It's like, so for me, that doesn't work, but I would never go into someone else's closet and be like, oh, you have too many clothes necessarily. It will depend on their particular situation. So it's just a reminder that when you hear the term minimalism, it's not a specific thing that you have to be. It's a way of thinking. And that's why I think it's so important to not only apply it to your physical space, but your mental space. I'm not thinking about all the things in my apartment and what purposes they serve. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Something and it's okay about. for something to, you know, I have a, a friend, she's the minimalish gal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves art. She mm-hmm. loves going to a place and like talking to a local artisan and buying like a rug. And 
that's that's meaningful to her you know i wouldn't suggest it for everybody you know but for her it means a lot and so it makes sense and she puts it on display so great she's happy so it, it, the purpose it serves can be inspirational or or warm and sort of like creative it doesn't again have to be white walls and blank countertops yeah whenever I think it's just like like you're saying like whatever works for you and your style of like Mm-hmm. I think about me like I love coming home like especially as I've gotten older I'm like I like being at my house I like being inside and like yeah. knowing where things are um, and I think about friends who like don't have that same like I don't want to go home like my house isn't really organized and it feels blah 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 and I'm like we can mm-hmm. change that like you have to you can't avoid your house or like people who avoid rooms mm-hmm. in our houses because they're messy and I'm like I get that like we've all been there like how do we combat that like how do we start over and you know, one of my friends, um, I reorganized her office a couple months ago mm. and um, I made her take everything out of this office. And she lived in her, she's lived in her house for f- four years. Um, mm. She's like, I want to organize an office. I go, well, we take, you have to take everything out, like everything off the walls, the whole shebang. And she's like, okay. And so we were there for probably like six hours, just like getting everything out, going through I was like, do you still need this? Like going through with her and like not rushing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't have to tell me why you want to keep it. Just as long as you have a reason why you want to keep it. And we can go from there. But just kind of going through that process. She's like, oh, okay. And then we put everything back in and we got to like re like move mm-hmm. her room around and figure out what worked for her. But I don't know, mm-hmm. as a as a as a nerd who loves cleaning and organizing, like oh, I can do this every day. <laughs> like that that's me. <laughs> But I know mm-hmm. for some people it can be overwhelming. And so I think like the way you're explaining it is like it's accessible to everyone and you can decide what works for you. Yeah. and uh, But I want to highlight and give you kudos for something, which is you took everything out of the office first, because what usually happens is folks look at something and they say, should I get rid of this? Whereas if you take the other approach, it's like, do I want to keep this? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, if we consider everything the default and we have to like wrangle ourselves to get rid of it, it's a lot more energy, a lot more decision fatigue and less effective. But by you taking everything out of the office, nothing was the default anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything had to have its own case made for it. And you're right, like the case could be whatever it is, but it wasn't a sort of like rationalization of like, oh, I'll just keep this. It was yeah. like, okay, I have a reason that I want to, if I was in a store right now, what would I pick out from the store? And the store is all the stuff that used to be in here. <laughs> well, also so for that's- her, like, not only like, I was like carrying stuff out and she'd be like, oh, I don't know like why I still have this. She's like, don't worry about it. Like, just toss it. And same thing with her. She's like, I don't want to move this back into the office. So clearly I don't really want this. And so I think it's that too, of like you get to really do, a sort of audit of all the things like do you want to like let's say you moved again do you want to move this thing with you is it's like so I think it's also like the physical part of like picking an item up and like remembering it and then deciding to so I don't know yeah. what I'm saying is hire me and Dara for all your organizing needs <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh your friends must really love you <laughs> she did she she, she for so many reasons I Listen, I love to bake and I love to organize. I feel like I am a, <laughs> a dream Will friend to have. Huh? 
Will you marry me? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am taking I am taking proposals. You're taking proposals, yeah. I am collecting proposals at this moment. They're up for, you know, we're gonna review me and the the board. Um I will be sure to link everything in the show notes from your website. I know you have a month, twice monthly newsletter. Um, so I'll put everything in there so that people can find you because everyone should be in touch with Dara. Let me tell you, top tier. Oh, absolutely. I love when people get in touch with me. Awesome. I'm the only, as you might imagine, my inbox is not full because I am a minimalist. So when I get an email, I'm pretty happy about it. Ugh. Speaking of, we need to take, we need to, that's a whole other podcast episode of like the people who have like 3,000 unread emails, like just delete them. If you're not going to, they're just going to sit there, just delete them. But that's me and my, I keep a very like, gotta go. I don't need this in here. Like, anyway, that's it. That is another show. I, I've, I've had usually folks are unhappy with their email situation. And then when you try to solve it, they just want to keep all their emails so it's like, you gotta, you gotta, this is where our goals and priorities come in, you know? <laughs> I'm, kinda, I'm like, I'm going to let you decide what works for you, but I'm like, delete it. Anyway, delete. Yeah. Uh, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests a final question. And that question is, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? It was interesting. Um, I guess for my younger me, she's very cute curly hair still um it would just be that you are good and you don't mm. have to worry so much about being good and if your intentions are girl- good there's there's nothing wrong with making a mistake and I think this came to mind because again I work with so many well-meaning people who just didn't learn some of these adulting skills and they feel like they aren't good, that they are bad. And I know that when I was younger, I used to fall into that trap up until more recently than I would like to um, announce. But, um, you know, if you, you're trying to be good, you're good. You know, your intentions are good and, and you don't have to worry about being being bad. That's it. This week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at thetea3 at and visit the website, thetea3podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.